1: in politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What
0: the hell are we doing here?
1: We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be.
0: Well, a. our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our job. Joey Clark. Ah, hello and welcome to the program. We are listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. So humbly named after me, Joey Clark. Be sure to check out my Facebook page, the Joey Clark Radio Hour. You can find it on the Book of Faces. I'm working on a website. Folks are like, Joey, you gotta gotta get going. You gotta be on top of it. You should have had a website out of the gate. Well, don't rush me. Don't rush me. I don't know where this show's going to end up in the next few months, let alone year. So why build a whole website and all this sort of stuff? Well, oh, but you got to build it. Expect for the future, Joey. It's like, well, I don't want to. I just want to do a show. I just want to enjoy myself. I don't want to plan. Like, I don't want to work hard. But I want to succeed in life. And you're giving me this weird look. My sidekick tonight looks Nate
1: Hick. You don't want to do adulting. Oh, I'm a terrible
0: at adulting.
1: Right. That's why, you, that's oh, why you're not married. You don't have kids. You just want to have fun. Oh, I have
0: my moments. That's right. Where I feel like a man-child. Right. But then people are like, you're so wise. And when people say that to me, I don't get a big head. I go, oh, good Lord, we're in trouble then. You know what it is? You're like the, the, the cane
1: mm-hmm. of radio you are walking the earth with your knowledge and solving problems but you you lie your head nowhere you know like in Kung Fu from from the WWE? no Kung Fu Kung Fu Kang? yeah don't you remember the TV show Kung Fu? no yeah it was uh, uh, Robert Carradine
0: no, this is before He my was time.
1: a kung fu master. Really? And he just, he, much like the Hulk, he wandered from town to town, solving problems of people and imparting his wisdom on the masses.
0: Did he get angry? No. So he's not like the Hulk.
1: No, he's not like the Hulk. He's like the the peaceful Hulk.
0: (laughs) Don't make him get pensive. You don't like him when he's pensive. (laughs) He thinks too much. He's in his own head. Um, And that's where I found myself last night. Um, That's why you couldn't sleep. Yeah. It wasn't like a dark night of the soul. It wasn't... um, I've been depressed before. I've been through some sad times. It wasn't that. It was more just couldn't turn the brain off. I've been there. And finally I fell asleep at about, I guess, three and woke up at nine a very unhappy camper. <laughs> Somebody called me this morning and they sent me a meme that was Grumpy Cat. Yeah. And it said, this was you this morning and the top said love is in the air. Somebody find me a gas mask. I just I was in that mood where it's like, ah, bah, humbug. Like I felt terrible and it's mostly because i didn't get enough sleep i didn't have enough time this morning because i like to wake up early and have this routine but I've, i I do yoga off. yeah i am doing yoga i've lost an inch off the waist but did you get to do yoga this morning not really see it's i wanted to do an hour program i only had time for 20 minutes and and also
1: when you go to bed with penned up anxiety yeah. I mean, it carries over to the next morning, and so you didn't have any resolution. So maybe tonight can be cathartic for you.
0: That's my hope. That's my hope. Well, and actually something already sort of knocked me out of my funk earlier today.
1: Are we going to play funk music?
0: Well, actually, the album of the day, if you want to get right to it. (laughs) The album of the day, let me find this. Well, we've already featured this artist before. You know what? But not this album. Funk you very much. Oh, well, you're (laughs) welcome. Um, Let's see. Uh, Where do we. Yeah, we've played this artist before, but not this album. This is a little into the future for this artist, but very much in our past. Young Americans. David Bowie. I love David Bowie. Believe 1974, 75. 76 See these albums come out in a certain year But it's made over a few years This album is fantastic Um, But we wanted to do Sort of what do they call it Plastic soul Plastic soul Um, But in order to find a more soulful sound He went to the Funk and soul community He came to New York Went to the Apollo Found Luther Vandross When Luther Vandross was just a backup singer um, worked with all sorts of folks at the Apollo, and so they created this album that really is a great soul album with this weird psychedelic English sensibility.
1: Well, I like that he also traveled to to Africa and, and took in the musical culture yeah. there. I mean, he was a multi-layered person when it came to his music.
0: Well, and, you know, it brings up a memory for me. It's a weird one. Again, I didn't plan it. But the last thing I watched with my mom when she was really put it bluntly, lucid. That's the worst thing about brain cancer is you Before, way before the person dies you realize it's not they're not all there. It's
1: similar to Alzheimer's. It is.
0: It's very similar to Alzheimer's um, and dementia. And the last thing we watched though was a documentary called Five Years about uh, David Bowie and like five different years in his career and all the different transformations he did. And so I think Bowie's music will always have a weird place in my yeah. heart because I'll associate it with my mom. But that brings me to this morning and the funk I was in, and not in the good kind of funky way. This isn't Soul Train. This was Joey was angry. Anger fog. I was tweak like in the new season of South Park, like, oh, Trump's going to ruin everything. He's going to bomb North Korea. everything and I just I was in one of those rare (laughs) moods and you know I have to admit I've become desensitized at times Mm -hmm. you might have heard me on the airwaves earlier this week and last week oh there are fires in California nothing new there nothing new in the news if I step back there are a lot of people suffering because of those fires no matter how often it happens and this has been quite the blaze like never before now, there are things they could do to prevent that, but, you know, when the shooting happened in Las Vegas, my initial reaction wasn't <gasps> shock and anger yeah. or sadness. It was like, well, this has been going on time immemorial. It's biblical. and But I worry that I've become, at times, comfortably numb, that, uh, that at times I've become too desensitized. Like, you see, you watch the news, you watch the news. And you see people calling out hypocrisy and liars every day, Hypocri- hypocrites and liars every day. And it becomes trying. It's like, instead of those of you without sin, cast the first stone, everybody walking away, everybody's going, well, all right, let's start throwing stones at one another. and yeah. cracking some skulls because none of us are perfect, and that means we often have to point out our right. flaws and I, where we go wrong. I
1: did a podcast a couple nights ago in the same kind of genre in that. We've become so desensitized and we've lost our empathy. We've become a society of no empathy. And it's all because of Facebook and social media that all we care about is how it it, it deals with us. Right. But then, all of a sudden, something out of the blue that has nothing to do with you slaps you in the face and you have a breakdown because it all catches up with you eventually.
0: Well, there's this joke in the uh, Netflix special called uh, Oh Hello Broadway, I believe. Uh, It's like John Mulaney and some other comic who are playing like two old men who love Steely Dan. Steely Dan is the best. And they said that when a celebrity dies, here is what you do. You blame the year and you make it about you. Yeah, And, I mean, I've done that and we take things personal. I get it that when Tom Petty died people remember what the time was when they first heard Free Fallin' or Learning to Fly or Won't Back Down or heard, Wanted to Learn the Guitar Solo on Running Down a Dream. I I get all that. I was heartbroken with well, Prince How many
1: died. times did you see 2016, Don't You Dare Take Betty White? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about. We we, we personalize these relationships with these stars and these actors and these singers and because they touch us yeah. in certain spots in our soul, but it's all about us.
0: It, yes, it is all about us. And when I get too much in my own head, like I was last night and this morning you do become desensitized. And something knocked me out of that. I felt today. I almost broke down and started crying. I'll put it this way. Imagine somebody who's 90 years old, 91, 92, 93, and up. How much life they have lived. And I imagine over nine decades, or a century, you're... You didn't live a perfect life. Nobody's a saint. sure you have things you regret or things you wish you might have done differently or maybe you don't wish you could change it and you're glad that you learned from your mistakes. And you're glad you've met all these friends and you've been able to see the world and all its changes. So think about somebody who's 90. What have they seen? Saying somebody's 92, that means they were born in 1925. In the midst of of the eye of the storm between the two world wars, live, grow up in the Great Depression, grow up in the war, grow up in the post-war era. You see the revolutions happening in the '60s. You see a man land on the moon, walk on the moon. You see all these changes socially. Presidents coming and going. Congress is coming and going. Th- the rise of the internet. Like all these things we take for granted. Like, just how much life and the world has changed in 90 years. And so when I saw this local story this morning, um, it really broke, broke me down. I didn't know this person at all. I'd never met her. Actually, I had never heard that much about her. But this woman, who was 92, one of her friends said, it was just a good friendship. She had a lot of wonderful church friends. All the people in the choir were her friends. She really enjoyed all of them. She loved to sing, so the choir was a big part of her life, her retirement. She always came to luncheons on the third Tuesdays of every month. And, you know... Anytime somebody dies, people remember the moments they had with one another. I people I never knew coming up and saying, here's how your mom touched me. And yeah, but you think about somebody who goes through 90 years of life, all the ups and downs of that life, all the historic moments, whether it's a space shuttle or the Berlin Wall or whatever, 9-11. And then for it all to end Due to somebody Breaking into your house And bludgeoning you to death Mary Lou Gettle She was murdered last week She was 92 And even though she had Nine decades under her belt And was still going strong she was found dead in her home. Force entry had been made into the residence. Confirmed the cause of death to be homicide from blunt force trauma. And I'm getting emotional right now. I like I said I've never met Lou. As people called her. I'd I'd never really heard of her until today, until this comes up. And I.
1: You know, part of it, part of it is any person of that age that you meet and that you talk with, they have. I mean, I I work at. Perspective. Yeah, I work at the VA and I meet tons of people in that age group and a little bit younger. Every single person you look at in that age group, you think, man, they're just like my grandparent. You know, you have that instant connection with that that generation as a grandparent uh, figure. And when you hear of someone bludgeoning them to death, it not only hits you personally because you look at that person as a grandparent, but you also say to yourself, why didn't that person see them as a grandparent exactly. figure? You know, why, why didn't someone say, oh my gosh, I broke into a 90-year-old woman's house? you know what, maybe I move on to the next house.
0: Well, and it it makes you remember how important it is not to lose that empathy, not to lose that concern. Um, and the fact that that's the way she had to go, you kind of wonder, you know, when's my time going to be? It makes you hold on to the day. What do folks say? But by the grace of God, go I.
1: There go I, yeah.
0: And though I personally don't literally believe that, I do think there are things beyond us we do not understand. You know, I have to sit there and think, how many people did Lou help? How many people will be at Lou's funeral? How many people did just one woman through 90 years touch. and
1: How many people has she touched that have already moved on even? I bet she touched millions right. of lives that probably are already past. Because and, when you get to that age, yeah. you pretty much outlive all the people that you know.
0: Oh yeah, and life becomes funerals and yeah. marking out address books and maybe putting people Reed, in...
1: I've, I've met lots of elderly people, and they say, the first thing I do in the morning is I read the obituaries. Uh, My old landlord, that's what they would do every morning, is he and his friend would sit there and just go through, oh yeah, I remember going to school with them, and I remember that person lived down the street from me. You know, And, and you think, on our level, we think it's depressing, but on their level, it's cathartic, because it's the passing of an era. It's a passing of the time, and it's almost like, you know, um, things that we've forgotten come back to the forefront. People that we haven't have talked to in years yeah. come back to the forefront, and we actually get joy from having memories oh,
0: yeah. of them. And I find that, um, because I am going to make this about me, That's fine. damn it, 2017! It is your show. It's not a celebrity who died, but it made me wonder... Why am I so sad about Lou? I mean, the answer is obvious. Yet, when I know there are people being harmed in the fires in California, when I know there are dozens dead, hundreds shot in Las Vegas, that I don't feel the same pain and sadness. When I hear, you know, things were going on in Houston, there was a hurricane in Malaysia with hundreds dead. You know, we think about these wars going on. Do I feel the same way? And I think it's just the the senselessness of it all. It's like, how did this person who bludgeoned her to death not see a grandmother? I think that's what bothers us because people die, mostly in this country, from... Having lived a good life, lived and led a good life, like, oh, I ate a bunch of fatty food and I died of a heart attack. Well, it's sad you might have died of a heart attack, but you probably had a lot of fun along the way. (laughs) That cheesecake was good. Right. (laughs) I mean, and some people die of awful diseases like my mother. But even though that's tragic... Really sad. There's something about when it's not an accident, it's not a disease, but it's when, and even like, it's not like a novelty. It's not this outlier like the shooter in Vegas. It's not a natural disaster, but it's when it's one individual looking at another individual. When it's somebody who, we don't know who is the person that killed Lou. But when you go and you break into somebody's house and you see somebody who is Essentially, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, and you kill her, for what? For a little extra money? For some possession you're probably not going to get anything for? It's senseless. It it just, yes, it makes it all the more senseless. upsetting. See,
1: there's no way you can reconcile it. And, you know, from my personal experience, and... and we have a similar connection here. My yeah. grandparents recently, two years ago, died both within two weeks of each other. My grandmother had Alzheimer's. Um, my grandfather died first, and my grandmother didn't know because she had Alzheimer's. We didn't tell her because yeah. we didn't want to put that stress on her. Right. And she dies two weeks later. And during that time frame, uh, going to the funeral, I was sad, but I was more relieved that they were no longer in pain. They were in their nineties. Yeah. They were no longer in pain, and two nights ago, I was thinking on them, and I don't know what triggered it, but I just became emotionally distraught. Yeah, uh-huh. because that. of the loss, and and I think maybe that's what you're going through right now. Is I'm sure you grieved your mother. Oh, yeah. but Still I think am. I think you were relieved on some
0: level that At the she end, was no was. longer struggling with the disease. At the end, I was. I very much was. And it, then
1: out of the blue, this incident brings all those emotions
0: back to well, you. For me, it, I, th- I think what I'm getting at is it. it's so personal. It's not like dropping a bomb from the sky. It's not it's, even like shooting someone. It's not like shooting somebody from 50 yards away or a mile away. The idea of with your bare hands killing somebody... Again, for what? It seems so foreign to me. How could you do that? And it reminds me of how important it is to take individual responsibility, folks. Because I'm sure... The authorities in this area, like Daryl Bailey today, the district attorney, said, quote, I'm angry about this case. I'm angry about the number of shootings and homicides we've had. But this case in particular, who in the world would do this to a defenseless 92-year-old lady? She's living her life, and they come in and they take her life from her in such a brutal fashion. The only type of person who would do this is just pure evil with no conscience. I can guarantee you that that person will be found and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I agree with Daryl's sentiment. But we have to remember how important it is not to get too caught up in your own head. Either as woe is me, or I'm on a mission from God to save everybody. Unless you're the Blues Brothers, then you're fine <laughs> to be on a mission from God. That's completely fine to share the blues.
1: You know, but the other thing is that, you know, this is the kind of stuff you see in movies. Like, or, when when society is breaking down, this is the kind of rampant, violent behavior that you see. But are we in that kind of world right now? I mean, are, is that, are we downsliding into a world of just mass chaos and, and rampant? But we're just- in a way, we're not.
0: Like, more people have never been alive. Like, the excuse me. There are more people alive today than ever before in human history. People have access to life-saving medicines and procedures. People have access to food like never before. Abject poverty has been cut in half over the last few decades. Violence is down. War is down. Yet what do we see in the headlines? Right now on our TV screen, there's fire. 21 killed in the California fires. a couple weekends ago it was the shooting Then it's nuclear weapons and North Korea and then Iran how is it that though there's this incredible wonderful life around us the focus of especially our most important institutions the people that inform us the people that supposedly lead us politics Or in other ways. They're always focused on the violence. Always focused on sin and hypocrisy. And I have to step back at times and say, life, no matter how it ends, is good. Now it can suck sometimes. That's what I like about Facebook is
1: that, you know, for every thing you're scrolling through and you see some horrible story there's a cat video right you know there i mean there's levity there at least and i encourage people turn off your stuff and read a book every now and Grim. then or watch a fun movie you yeah. know watch watch a disney movie watch mary
0: poppins right so folks i i know i'm a bit rambling here today
1: They had a cat on TV. So after all the fire, and there's a a lost cat that gets found and returned to the
0: owners. (laughs) But maybe it's just trying to be, you know, a cool and collected person. That oh, yeah, this is... Rationalize it. This is, you know, violence has been going on and everything's getting better. Sometimes you see and you read about something so horrific you can't help but react emotionally. So I hope they find this person who murdered Lou. Mary Lou, 92. She led so much life. And for all the historic things, we can look through timelines. All the moments in the war, all the presidents that came and went, all the big moments in my mind, none of that matters as much as the friendships and the faith. I'm using faith in the broadest sense, folks. The lives touched. Exactly. And it sounds like Lou, from what folks are saying, was a wonderful woman. Well, folks, when people die, tend to say nice things.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, my grandfather died in his 90s, and or great-grandfather, excuse me. You've told me this no, story. No, my grandfather, both of them are still alive, and I love you both. I love you, Ron, and I love you, Ray. The Ray, I know what your real first name is. My great-grandfather, on my mom's side, he told me one piece of advice. He said, Joey? And he was really... You know, he's he was from a kind of a rough part of the world. I think he immigrated here from Poland in the early nineteen hundreds. He's in the essentially Polish ghetto in Newark, New Jersey. He used to play, you know, actual like gravel lot football before professional football ever came about and people started yelling and screaming over the ah, over the damn anthem. And he told me, Joey, stay away from women, save your money. (laughs) Well, I can say, Papa Joe, um, I haven't listened to you. I apologize. (laughs) I haven't listened to you, but you're right. If you can hear me now, you're right. I should have saved my money, I should have stayed away from certain women. I haven't given up, given up on women yet It is National Coming Out Day I'm
1: uh-huh. not coming
0: out in that way Okay, good <laughs> uh, Because I do like Not that women. there's anything no, wrong no. with that If you want to come out, come on out You can do it on the airwaves If you want to stay closeted for your reasons Feel free, whatever you want to do I personally am not coming out On National Coming Out Day But, you know, I think about His life And he was, you know he was kind of this otherworldly figure to me as a kid, my great grandfather on that side and when he died, I remember his open casket, I said, no, that's not him I mean, that is, it's his body, but he's not there Yeah, it's my experience in every situation, no he is there in the memory he is there in like all the ways he touched people's lives and let's not sugarcoat it, sometimes he could be an SOB he had a rough, you know childhood he grew up in a rough part of the world does it mean i don't love him of course not and 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 it's when you have those rough
1: type people that impart that wisdom on you that you it impacts you the most because when they have a moment of sensitivity it's just like yeah grandpa just said that
0: oh yeah you know well yeah i mean they're also, people that have been in their little hermit hole for so long, they pop out into the public arena and say something they learned like 30 years ago. They yeah. go, oh, wait, that's not cool anymore? <laughs> I can't say that anymore? <laughs> I thought I could.
1: I had a, a great-grandfather who witnessed the Hindenburg go down. And my whole childhood life, he was completely, he was not lucid. I mean he was he would say two or three He's words. He was kinda there, but he was yeah. just there. He'd watch T V and he drove. Yeah. He drove he drove. But he didn't speak to anybody. And the day before he died he was in the hospital and he had a moment of clarity and started reeling off all these memories that he had from his younger days, spending times with his son on the farm, going fishing with his, his boys, going sure. out in the boat. And the next day he just dies in his sleep and it's almost like his body said i'm going to give your mind enough energy and and nutrition for one last moment here it is and he made the most of it it was i'd never seen him like that i'm <laughs> like who is this guy yeah and after he passed away they found he, i i have his stamp collection he has a huge stamp collection they found in his stamp collection a list of and, and at the top it said the things i love the most and it was like my my wife my kids um working in the garden i mean just all this stuff i mean yeah. and and to see somebody so rough and and grizzled have that kind of emotion is just it breaks you down
0: it does and um you know there's a part of me like, I'm sure you've seen Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah. There's a part of me that's like uh, Ricky Bobby's dad, where they're sitting down at Applebee's, yeah. and he's just like, I can't do this! It's yeah. too nice! <laughs> it's too orderly! It's too bourgeois! I gotta get out of here! There's a part of me that does that, where it's yeah. like, things are going too well, Joey, screw it up in some way. Where
1: normalcy actually seems weird. Yeah.
0: But... Folks, if you think this is, you know, why are you focusing on death and, and negative things? Where well, have you read the headlines? Have you read the headlines? It's all focused on people being weird, sex perverts, and I'm 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 perverted as the I try to be. I mean, pervert is the next guy But I try to be you know, consensual And nice about these things. Well, wasn't it, it Yogi Berra that said No
1: one gets out of this life alive
0: <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's All these folks calling out hypocrisy At one another It's people dying every other day Because of a bomb dropped Or a guy breaking into your house And bludgeoning you to death It's just so The news is so negative Like Joe, you've changed you're cynical. You're depressed. Well, why do you think I'm cynical and depressed? Number one is because I can't buy the BS our so-called leaders sell me all the time. I really can't. What does Carlin say? It's called the American dream because you have, you to, have to be, to be asleep. asleep to believe it. Yeah. For me, it's not the American dream. It's about what are you going to do with your own dream? Tired of this collective groupthink yeah. where we beat each other's brains in to see who gets power and who gets to define the American dream. No, the American dream is defined by each person individually, or at least should be. And it's about personal responsibility. And if you get so far gone in this world that you don't have that small support network, that you don't have some sense of your. Ability to create incredible things and to have this ripple effect that goes on and on and touches people you may never meet. Yeah. If you forget about that potential for good, you will, well, say, murder somebody like Lou. Maybe not all of us will ever be there and thank God for that. And I say that and mean it. But we can't get so focused on the negative and the ugly just because we want it gone. Sometimes we have to focus on the beautiful things in life. And again, the album of the day, folks, Young Americans by David Bowie. And, um, well, one of my favorite songs on the album is actually not a song written by David Bowie. I don't even think it was written by the Beatles. Hmm. It's a Beatles cover is how people would say it. It's Across the universe It might be cliche But when I get in this sort of mood I'm in now It's hard to describe Songs like this make it feel a little better You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour My sidekick this evening Is Nate Hicks Nathaniel Joseph Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back.
1: Like a eyes, they come Joey Clark. You know what I when I hear this music I think of Barry White. I mean it's very Barry White-esque. Yeah.
0: Welcome back folks. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. that voice you just heard coming in is the voice of Nate Hicks. And the song you are hearing right now is David Bowie's "Rights" off his album Young American. When you say it's Barry White kind of... because it's soulful, it's so soulful. No, he really did go and say, "I want actual soul musicians." And a lot of the backup singing is done by Luther Vandross on yeah. this album. But I remember watching that documentary I was telling you about earlier that uh, these backup singers had never seen arrangements as complicated, especially on this song. He like starts doing this like back and forth. Yeah. weird ribbon. There's so many layers. It's like an ogre. Has so many layers. <laughs> <laughs> like an onion. Or like a parfait. <laughs> parfait. Yeah. Everybody loves parfait. Everybody loves parfait <laughs> Now, we got talking... The conversation, of course, continued off-air, folks.
1: I feel like we should have candles out right now and the lights off when you play music like that. Not, not, oh, well. Don't take it to that level. I mean, coming I, feel like, day. I feel like we should be like Johnny Fever, you know, like with the lights down and you're listening to Smooth Ross Sweat Hotel.
0: <laughs> Groaning sexy here on News Talk. I'm, I've got nothing on my brother's voice. He, yeah. He, he was deemed sexual chocolate by Randall Ooh. the other day. But, you know, we got talking how senseless this murder of Lou was. And, of course. Daryl Bailey, the district attorney here in Montgomery, um, very angry about this case. Like I said, I'm usually Mr. Cool. Oh, this has happened since the beginning of time. And I, I almost just broke down earlier today. And that said, it is also a test of what I believe in. Yeah, as far as government. Now you were saying, off air, does Alabama still have
1: the electric chair? Mm. I'll be honest with you, anything short of a bludgeoning is is too good for this person. Mm. I mean, that, that's just me. I, you and I are different in that aspect. That when you see horrible news, you you kind of introspect, right. and you and me, I extrospect because I get angry. Sure, I get rageful um, at the injustice.
0: And oh I, yeah, and I feel awful at the injustice, and like I'm trying not to swear here on air tonight because it is—it's emotional. Well,
1: but you do have—you did learn a bunch of new Christian swear words, so <laughs> yeah, there really is
0: that darn tootin'. That's right. Um, fiddlesticks! Shut the front door, that yeah, fart knocker. Yeah, shaving cream. Um, no, I am very much. And still am, even after this story, against the death penalty administered by the government. Because, well, here's the basic logic, the sort of dispassionate argument. Is that, well, do you really trust the government to balance your checkbook? Uh Do you trust the government to run your health care? Do you trust the government if you're a limited government person or a libertarian? Your answer is probably, of course not. And if you're on the left and you think the government will be great at healthcare care and whatnot, do you really think the government's doing a great job with your military overseas in your name? They'd probably say no. And I would say that how many people are put to death by the government after due process... Yeah, but you know, how, what is the what is the wrongful death rate? Yeah, how how much of is one percent acceptable? Two percent acceptable? I think the actual number is actually higher. Anything,
1: anything's unacceptable.
0: One's unacceptable. Right, and then but we take examples like this and right. say this guy, eye for an eye. Yeah, eye for an eye. I am all for making sure whoever did this to Lou. Um. Is put away somewhere and never seen again.
1: But then then again, the caveat to that is all those examples that you cite are federal examples. And this will be handled on a state level, oh, maybe sure. even a local level, but by a jury yeah. of his peers. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, it's not all federal control. There is the... Well, no, and I was... I, I think this has happened in the states, too. This is my point. Um, that I think having a systematic death penalty that's legal um, can lead to some very bad outcomes. And then you can get into how it's actually worked and now the appeal process. With right. People are on death row for years and years and years. And then sometimes the lethal injections don't work. Sometimes the electric chair doesn't even work. And there's a part of me that. I get it. There's a vengeful aspect to it. Mm-hmm. If somebody did me or my family wrong, I would if somebody killed my mother, for instance, I'd want to kill them. I would wait <laughs> and I would <laughs> say, would "Calculate. Don't, don't do this." Um and I don't think I would find peace knowing that person had been Killed, either or, you know, silently with a lethal injection, which isn't all that peaceful. It's
1: it's the Batman argument. Or tortured. That, you know, in Batman, he is out finding vengeance for for his dead parents. And, you know, in uh, several of the movies, you know, um, Alfred says to him, you're never going to find peace. You can kill or beat up or stop as many crimes as you want. You'll never find peace. Exactly. Because it has nothing to do with vengeance.
0: And so I always go back to this case in Texas from a few years ago where it was a local farmer, rancher. And uh, he found one of his farmhands essentially sodomizing his very young daughter. And he killed the farmer, killed the farmhand on the spot. And he was brought before a grand jury in Texas, and they said, you are free to go, sir.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: If I was on the jury, I would have said the same thing. I just get worried when we start thinking of creative punishments for the wicked. Because a few centuries ago, that was the way not even a few just one or two centuries ago the way you dealt with people who broke the public rules who broke laws was very publicly you stoned them to death yeah you know, torturing them or shaming them maybe if it's a slight rule you heard it's it's sort of what uh, Isis was doing they cut people's hands off
1: but in the same in the same century there were actual sanctuary cities for murderers yeah. Where murderers could go and live as long as they never left that that city.
0: Well, I think there's something to exile. The, and also, I think you could have, essentially, like, murderers' camps. Somebody says, we're going to make sure these folks live in this area. They're not going to be able to leave this area. And they pretty much fend for themselves.
1: Kind of like an escape from New York scenario.
0: Right. right. Um, I just find that the death penalty... It's not worth putting an innocent person to death. And I guess that's where I differ with a lot of folks, like on questions of war. And it's not, oh, I'm being so PC. I could give a damn what you or other people think. I'm coming from a place... From your experience. I don't don't think that's going to bring people peace, and I don't think it's right to just blindly follow the rule. I hope this guy who killed ninety two year old Mary Lou, Lou as her friends knew her, is found. That he's brought to justice. I don't know. Like I'm not gonna cause a big fuss if they give him the death penalty. And in the same way if somebody in Korea, North Korea, shot Kim Jong-un in the head... You wouldn't lose any sleep. No, I'm not going to lose any sleep. I didn't lose any sleep over Gaddafi being essentially raped to death with a bayonet.
1: You know what um, I hope? I hope... if, if and, and I hope for for some reason that this reaches this person. If you are that person that took the life of a 92-year-old woman, Mary Lou, turn yourself in. I, I mean... Do it because there's nothing in punishment that is going to be as worse as what you're probably going through right now and for you if if we have to come look for you it's good, probably going to be more remorseful for you to live than if you turn yourself in and say here I am I messed up and I'm I'm willing to take my my ounce of uh, flesh for it
0: Well, and just because you're willing to forgive somebody doesn't mean that they are completely off the hook, that you don't Mm -mm. also have justice. And, you know, so often in our modern discourse, especially politics, there's a lot of people calling for apologies. When is the last time you've heard of a high-profile case of forgiveness? That somebody does something absolutely wrong, and they apologize. I can't remember the last time uh, maybe so many people have done it. I'm sure people have forgiven other people recently. But I can't remember the news making a big deal out of somebody forgiving somebody else. Yeah, And this is what I'm kind of getting at. Whether it's calling out somebody's lies on the other side of the political aisle, their hypocrisy, or somebody maybe had a crappy relationship with, whether it's a friend, or a romantic relationship, or a marriage or whatever it was, a leader you trusted. Or it's somebody who murdered somebody you love. Or somebody who didn't do enough when they could have. You can go down that rabbit hole and you mirror the very person that you hate. And it's not going to bring you peace. Do you know who suffers the most
1: for unforgiveness? the person that's holding the unforgiveness it's a chain around their neck that drowns them yeah. because the person that you're mad at they're out living their life and, yeah. and they probably don't even know they hurt you but if you can't forgive them it's just it well, makes you wretched
0: in this last minute there is I think a, a certain degree to how, what can we forgive on this planet you know I I only have a minute left here but there's a vice documentary a guy named General Butt Naked and they called him that because he would fight (laughs) in the wars in Liberia completely naked he would eat the flesh of children he would do all these things that were awful that a lot of other generals were doing he's now a Christian preacher in Liberia trying to save people he says Jesus came to him in a dream said son in his native language why are you acting like a slave and he changed his ways. And the guy who was making the documentary said, at first, I'm like, yeah, this guy's changed. But then I'm also in the back of my head, wait, 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 this guy ate children. <laughs> so the world's complicated, folks. Yeah. We have to have the capacity to forgive.
1: But and one to. hour is not enough for you to solve the world's problems, obviously.
0: Well... 24 hours ain't enough, either. <laughs> Maybe to get some other things done, but not to solve the world's problems. Nate, thank you so much for joining yeah, me. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been the Joey Clark Radio Hour, guys. Thank you for listening.